All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts. Thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Martha? Yes, Frank. Are we ready? I'm ready. <laughs> we have we have something coming this afternoon, oh, so boy. we need so, to go ahead and jump on it. Just go ahead and tell me about it. Now. Okay, so I'm going to start with my introduction to you, and then okay. I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Okay. You know... I grew up a little bit more this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I was confronted with being empathetic when it comes to an individual's struggle with painful history. So I have heard too many African-Americans say that they didn't want to discuss painful times. And I have been intentionally blocked by family members from learning too much about family secrets. So you all know that I'm involved in genealogy. And when I meet new family members, when I meet someone, there's always that opportunity that they're going to stop the conversation or they're going to stop assisting me because of some type of secret. But after we finished our last episode that included history about Henrietta Lacks and John Hopkins, we also talked about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment after realizing that both atrocities took place for approximately the same number of years and error i realized how close it was to my family and home when i considered how many times my dad a world war ii veteran was taken to tuskegee for a stroke recovery and follow-up appointments by sunday I had a greater appreciation for the Jewish community because they recognize atrocities and tell the stories. Regardless of how painful or, or egregious they were or are to keep others from telling their stories. They have written books, shown pictures, identified friends and relatives of the Holocaust, and provided numbers for victims, established an anti-Jewish organization, and more. Even African Americans reportedly or repeatedly tell the horrific story of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ at church and to our children as many times as we can, but we protect our experiences and pain with silence preventing us from telling the horrific stories so no one else can speak on our behalf. So others are given a pass to speak and write on our behalf because we don't exhale the pain and stories. Those stories die with those who experience history. What a contrast. What are your thoughts, Martha? Wow. Cousin Frank, that's a heavy statement you made. You know, and as I listened to you, I thought about last weekend you grew up a bit, and I say I was let down a little bit. And both of us were respond, responding to a situation with family and family discussions. And as I listened to your introduction, it made me think about, you called about a suffering. Hmm. And not only that we have pain, but it made me aware that we deny that pain. It's a circular thing, I think, that somehow we don't connect the pain and the suffering and the denial. 
And then it leads us to always repeat that scenario over and over again. So we never really heal from it. Hmm. You know, we never really get over it. And it is this clouded view that I think that we have that we discuss situations that are external to us, but we never talk about our own pain. And it keeps us locked into that small cavity and we never grow. It keeps us blinded. Hmm. We're unable to see the way forward. It's amazing for all the advances that we have and that we've made as a people, we still have losses. And whether it's the loss of our dignity or the loss of one person, we somehow have become official, sacrificial lambs, always leaving part of us on the altar of redemption. It doesn't help that we don't have the benefit of self-awareness to be able to discern fully the reasons behind our failures or what we do, can do better. Hmm. And we allow, like you said, others to critique us, yeah. to tell us who we are, to tell the story of our history, because we're not absorbed enough in ourselves, in our knowledge of ourselves, to articulate who we really are and what our story truly is. And we think, should we be projecting something that other people say as a, taking it on as a mantle of who we are? I don't think so. Right. You can't lament that someone else is telling your story if you don't tell the story yourself. Right. You can't cry about they don't understand you if you don't go out there and say, I'm not that, this is who I am. But it appears to me that all of this hinges upon that word conditioning. And that conditioning has made us comfortable in the image that has been heaped upon us and how they see us as less than true people. This cycle, this horrible cycle of denial and this prism of seeing ourselves through other people's eyes has changed our values and our responsibilities. Hmm. I think we sh need to try to stop being the characters of what other people project that we are. Right. Starts with each and every one of us that we have to be who we are hmm. and we have to examine ourselves to know who we really are. Many of us prefer to make up fake identities instead of finding out who we are and projecting those identities to the greater world. We're heaped it with excuses that, oh, it's a secret, or I can't be brutally honest because if I'm brutally honest, someone won't like me. Well, you have to like yourself first. Hmm. And only by dealing directly with the pain can we find the correct solution, the correct identification of what our illness is and how we can heal. What I've noticed is we haven't begun to heal. Right. It's centuries of post-traumatic stress and denial that we have not even named it as that being the cause. So then we can't even think about how we can cure ourselves. We can't heal if we can't acknowledge that we're ill. All the drama that we portray does not in any way stop the pain or make it go away. Hmm. For some reason, we don't or can't get over that conditioning. I noticed that the professionals have not dealt with this. They haven't even acknowledged that this is possible, that mm. we as a people are suffering a global pain. Right. They haven't found ways to find ways to help us heal. Right. They are putting band-aids on it. 
I don't know if this makes sense to you, but it certainly does to me. And I know that I have to take a deep breath behind this one. Hmm. Well, it makes a lot of sense because it, <gasps> ma it makes us weak. Mm -hmm. It makes us weak. And I'm not trying to attack an individual. I'm talking about it makes us weak because we can't tell our story. We have been convinced to say that it is too painful. And to say that it is too painful, I'm not asking you about someone who raped you, someone who did this and you did. That's for you and your psychiatrist. That's for you. And we don't even get that. I mean, just the, the one little girl that survived the bombing in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. She is still living today. That's right. And Sarah said, I never received any counseling. And she was only a little girl between the age of five and seven. And she said, after I was, was released from the hospital, I went back to school. The state of Alabama never apologized to her until last year or during the year of the election just to win the election. They mm -hmm. apologized. Mm -hmm. Never received any restitution, anything else. And no one even knew that there was a surviving child from that Birmingham bombing. And now she's telling her story. She's exhaling. But for so long, she was left quiet. No psychiatrist, no psychiatrist will ever say, keep it to yourself. No, they want you to talk it out. They want you to talk it out. We wouldn't know what we know right now if everybody walked around and said it was too painful. It was too painful. And for those who said it was too painful... That is a rendition of the story out there, but it's not being told by you. Hmm. You're in the background yeah. saying that's not the way it happened. Yeah. Yeah. But see, the Jewish community is not going to let anybody else tell the story of the Holocaust. They are going to tell the story of the Holocaust. They are going to present the numbers of the people who were victimized. They are going to represent, they're going to tell the story of the pain and the horror. You're not going to tell the story to them. They are going to tell the story to you. That's why they can say you have to go through training if you are identified as anti-Semitic. You go through the training. We are going to mm -hmm. give you the training. Right. But we'll turn yeah. around and say, too painful. But Frank, they never... The Jewish community has never lost sight of that. This is an event that happened to everyday people, just everyday people, mm -hmm. not just rich people, right. not just people with wealth, mm -hmm. not people that had knowledge and education. This happened to everyday people, right. and they never lost sight of that. That's right. It's like slavery happened to everyday people. That's right. Think about slavery and the end of slavery. I often am angered by the fact that you set 4 million people free with no solution or no plan in place of how they were going to emerge into the American society and fabric. Right. 
We had organizations that stepped up and good people who stepped up, but the government itself, it makes me wonder, did they ever intend that you should ever be assimilated into the American way of life? We have to start telling the story from our perspective, not some fancy story about heroic people who do extraordinary things, but everyday people who survive extraordinary events. We are special people because for anyone like the Jews to go through their Holocaust, we've gone through a slavery Holocaust. And we've gone through more than just slavery. And more than that. And we have come out the other side. So our story should come from us and only us. Right. And we have to have a collective narrative because we don't have a collective narrative. We have taken on the mantle that freedom has given us, that we're all individuals, but we don't have an individual story per se as a people. We have a collective story. Right. And we have to keep that in mind. This is not to make anyone feel bad. This is not to make anyone feel that they're slighted. But family members need to understand that that pain that you are talking about, it repeats itself in the future if you don't acknowledge it and tell the story. The story is a guide. The story is a way of us learning what you went through and what to avoid. But if you keep that story secret because it hurts, then you never heal and you, all you do is pass down pain. What we're doing is transferring pain from one generation to the next. And after a while, we don't even know why we're hurting. Hmm. We don't even know what the source of the pain is anymore because nobody's told the truth about the, what, what started it. So we got to get back to just basic things. Sharing power is in knowledge. Knowledge helps us overcome obstacles. And you can't overcome something if you don't even know that it's there. Mm -hmm. Brick walls, we're building those brick walls. We see it in ancestry. Every time you look at a family tree and every person's name on there is listed as private. Well, how do you think you're ever going to find family? Right. If you say private to everything. Right. You know, I can understand private for people who are living and that you may not want to acknowledge who they are. But you can certainly un Un leave those names that are in the past that have died, leave them as breadcrumbs for somebody to find you. That's right. That's how we find you. We find you because we're looking for common ancestors. And maybe you don't want to know who I am. Maybe you don't want to know who Frank is. That's fine. That's your choice. But at least leave the breadcrumb because somebody might say, I found a lost relative. I have a family group that now lives in Alabama that I didn't know about, or a family group in Tennessee that I didn't know about, or a family group in Connecticut or New York. But those are breadcrumbs. So let's do that. Let's get over this pain and denial and start opening up how to heal ourselves. And how to educate. And how to educate How to other. educate. Because we won't know the truth. Until That's I right. did the study on my father and looked at his military records, Everything was a guest because mm -hmm. he was not around. Everything was mm -hmm. a guest because he was not around to talk about it anymore. My dad always talked about his military history. Mm -hmm. But I could never identify what campaign he served in until wow. I was able to get his records. And it took a historian to say, you might want to try Operation Torch. 
Wow. Everyone else, no one knew. But I just wow. told her what I had heard. And she said, based on what you're saying to me, it sounds like Operation Torch. Wow. Search that and see if that is the campaign your father served in. And that wow. was identical. That was the campaign. And from wow. that from that information, I was able to request his his military records and received all of his military records. You know, the amazing thing, Frank, is you could do that because you were interested. And so many of us have military people in our families that we don't even know it, what world war they served in. Right. We don't even know what war they were associated with. Right. You know, it's an amazing thing when you find a record of a loved one in the military records. Right. You tell about your father, and I found my brother's military records that he served in Burma. Mm-hmm helping to construct the Burma Road. Always knew that he was in Burma because of things that he said and things that he brought back from the Orient, but I was never able to confirm it until I saw those records. Might not seem important, but that's history. That's how you build history. And if enough of us do it, we can build our history without somebody else telling us who we are. And that happens too often. Yeah, it does. And I was I was really looking forward to this particular episode because this topic has really touched a nerve with me. Yeah, same here. The silence that we live with. What you hold on to. But no, no psychiatrist is ever going to suggest that you hold on to it. Even a person who is an addict, they must admit that they are an addict. Yeah. They must admit to it. So no one, you, you're never, is never suggested that you hold on to pain. We all have some pain that we hold on to. We all mm-hmm. have it. But I'm speaking of historical knowledge. Historical knowledge. Mm-hmm. When you saw history happening, if you saw someone being lynched and you were there, that's historical knowledge. And you say it's too painful to talk about it, but someone has to tell the story. It has to be documented, right? It has that's to be. How, that, the Jews have no issue with documenting their history. Right. I don't know why we don't have a foundation that does nothing but document our history. How is it that we have so many different organizations, but no one documents our history? There's no archival records. No. You and I, you and I are leaving an archive behind right now through these episodes that we are creating each week. We are leaving an episode behind. We are leaving the archive behind so that someone can find these recordings someday and say, you know what? It's amazing what they were talking about. They filled in a gap that we probably never would have heard people talk about anymore. Right. There's a purpose behind it. We're not talking just for the sake of talking. We're talking so that whatever information we know right now, we are trying to share it and we are trying to leave it behind. So no one else will have to tell the story. 
No one else will have to go and do the digging that we're doing. Right. At least we're opening the door. Because I'm amazed that for all the collective professionals that we have, no one has hit upon the fact that we suffer from a certain pain and denial that all stems from how we were treated when we were brought from Africa to here. Right. It's never ended. It's just heaped upon it year after year. The purpose is not for you to be angry about it, but the purpose is for you to learn from it and do something about it in yourself. But know that this is the malady that you have and that it can be overcome and you have to shine the light of truth on things. That means you have to be brutally honest and truthful with yourself. Nobody can tell you who you are if you know who you are. Nobody can put a title to you or claim that you, you're not worthy of something if you know you are. So our goal is not to browbeat anybody. Our goal is to really make you open your eyes, open your ears, as the old folks would say, pay attention and think about what it is that you're missing that's keeping you in pain about your family. We yeah. have a lot of heroes in our families. We just don't know them yeah. because we've never looked for them deep enough. Well, Martha, on that note. On that note. It's time for us to shut down another one. Here we go. I enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> so did I. I think it was well needed. I was as helling. Yep. Even for and me. I, I just as helling. And I think that we should get back to this talking about the pain and denial because yeah. that runs through everything that's happened to us. Yeah. So on that note, we've started the ball rolling. Okay. Frank closes out. So to all of our listeners, again, we thank you. We love you. We love you. And until next time. Be good. Be good. Be good.